Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to a joint Giants double play and A's plus podcast produced by the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Henry Shulman, the Giants beat reporter for the Chronicle. I'm here with Susan Slusser, our A's beat reporter, and we're here in Las Vegas at the baseball winter meetings. And for each of the next few days, we are going to get together on a podcast and talk about what our teams are doing to try and build for the 2019 season. And we'll start right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's day one here, the winter meetings, 2018 at Mandalay Bay. I'm Susan Slusser from the San Francisco Chronicle with my colleague, Henry Shulman from the Chronicle, who covers the Giants so well for us. Uh, Henry, how was the first day of the winter meetings for the Giants? What's, what's the buzz on the Giants today? Uh, the buzz on the Giants is they're not ready to do anything yet. And uh, we just had an interesting conversation with Farhan Zaidi, the former uh, A's assistant and uh, Dodgers general manager and you know he he said he's actually glad it's kind of a slow moving market uh, right now free agency and trades and he's actually pretty happy about that remember he he took over right at the GM meetings and he still has to catch up on on a lot of what the organization is about and what their needs are and I mean the biggest news really is they made a couple of uh, front office hirings official uh, so they're um, they're doing stuff off the field in the front office they just haven't really done much to add any players here yet yeah, um, it sounds like their their needs are almost as great as the A's. Well, actually, maybe even more. The A's need an entire rotation, as you know. And I feel after day one, I am no closer to knowing anything about the A's rotation for next year. I think they've called on basically every sort of mid-range and lower starter around. But David Forst, in meeting with those of us who cover the A's today, said they're still um, they're looking for A's-type pitchers and the A's are better than just about anybody when it comes to identifying you know cheaper pitchers for want of another word who might excel either at the Coliseum or might be looking at a nice bounce back year so for those of you that want to cull through all the metrics and uh, send me an email about who you think might perform well at the Coliseum or is due a bounce back year those those are the kind of guys they're going to be looking for but um, he's had a, 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 some other uh, little newsy things today but it's kind of disappointing that the starting pitching is is not coming into more of a focus. And what's funny is I think the Giants and the A's, the Giants also need a rotation, and they're going to be competing, competing for some of the same pitchers. you got to remember, uh, the guy who is now in charge of the Giants is the guy who 
learned under Billy Bean. Uh, and uh, so they, they, and also their new director of pro scouting, they uh, announced today, Zach Manasian. He also comes from a smaller market, at least financially team. He comes from the Brewers. And uh, so I, I think it's going to be funny. I think I, it would not surprise me at all if some of the uh, free agent starters out there, it comes down to the Giants and A's <laughs> among the final two teams. And it's not usually like that because you, you've seen what the Giants have done. They go out and sign Johnny Cueto for $130 million <laughs> and Samarja for $90 million and Oh, the A's too. Oh, no, wait. No, no. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, that really wasn't the Giants' style, but I think it's, it's the Giants' style now. The Giants did make one minor acquisition today. They... Um, acquired by a, a waiver claim, a, an outfielder from Detroit named Mike Gerber, and uh, he's a guy who can play all three outfield positions. He's, uh, he just had he had a really rough major league debut this year. I think he went something like four for 42. He didn't have a great year, but they like his skill set. They like the fact that he can play all three outfield positions. And as um, those of us who have read, those of you who have read me a lot in the last. A month or so know that one of Farhan's biggest priorities is getting more athletic and getting more versatile. So that's the kind of guy who can help. But it seems like the Giants are fill, they're backfilling the the depth. And then he said that you know in terms of the outfield, which is a huge need for the Giants, um, you know it it could be into 2019 calendar year before they actually fill uh, fill those positions. Oh wow! I think the A's are pretty much the same. But is is this Mike Gerber? Is this the one I saw as a Taylor Swift fan? Did I see that? I I think I tweeted something about it because. Um, as you know, my husband Dan Brown, who you know as as Nutty, loves him some Taylor Swift. So I think he's he might have a new favorite giant. Yeah, it might it might be the the same guy. Um, I don't know how many Gerbers there are out there. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that about yeah. your husband. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Um, uh, Farhan did say uh, that uh, look, you know, they they have some outfielders, uh, some well known outfielders to the Giants fans because they came up through the system. But he made it clear they're going to go out and get a couple from the outside because the outfield they have is not ready to be the opening day outfield. Um, one thing I wanted to say on the pitching front um, is that, uh, as I reported uh, today, um, Yusei Kikuchi, who's the kind of the big Japanese pitcher coming out this year, um, he's a left-hander, he's 27 years old, and he apparently really likes San Francisco, and he likes the idea of coming to the Giants. And Farhan did say that uh, he is going to meet with Scott Boris uh, probably later this uh, week here in Las Vegas. Um, I tried to pin him down on whether he was uh, going to talk Bryce Harper, but uh, uh, he, he wasn't ready to do that. Um, asked him about whether he was going to meet with Dan Lozano on uh, Manny Machado, and he <laughs> says, um, well, we haven't met yet, but I like Danny Lozano. <laughs> well, there you go. That's not a no. Not so. a no, but I think the big topic, the bigger topic with Boris is going to be Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, the Giants have not really delved too much into the Japanese market and and that's something that the A's and the Dodgers where Farhan ha comes from both did that is a really big thing to watch uh, here so uh, any international uh, folks coming to the A's this year as far as you know well if he, if Kikuchi likes the Bay Area maybe the A's should should jump in on that he's still even with the posting it's not a really technically a it's posting not. fee anymore yeah but still you have to give I think it's 25 million to the original club or somewhere around that yeah. but he's still expected to be cheaper than a lot of sort of the the top range no nope. So the A's might have some interest, you got to think, at that, at, at that point, because that's the way they operate. Now, the A's foray into the Japanese market has not been quite so good <laughs> because, you know, they, they had uh, uh, Hiro Nakajima a few years ago who never made it to the big leagues. In fact, he regressed. He started off at Sacramento and wound up at Midland, where I believe he was probably the only Japanese 
person in, in Midland, Texas. He, it was a, it was kind of a disappointment for the A's and for everyone because he was a great kid and just just was not major league ready. Well, don't forget, both teams had the great Keiichi Yabu. That's true. And, That's and, true. And yeah, Yabu was in the news this week, and it really is for a sad reason. Uh, we all heard about the death of uh, Luis Valbuena and Luis Castillo in that uh, sort of. It wasn't an auto accident. It was really kind of an, a robbery attempt that resulted in an auto accident. And um, Yabu uh, threw a, a first pitch triple play ball uh, in a game. Uh, at that um, the first uh, part of that it was Castillo who actually uh, fielded the ball, stepped on third, and started the triple play. So a little bit of sadness there this week. Yeah. Uh, a lot of sadness around the Giants, of course, this year with uh, with Willie McCovey passing as well. Um, but uh, I think you, I think you would agree. Yabu was was a character, and we both enjoyed having him. He was, he was, he was terrific. Um, and for uh, listeners who might not remember, the A's actually also won the bidding on Hisashi Iwakuma a few years ago. I did not know that. Could not come to terms with him, and he went back to Japan for the year before the fin- the next year going to Seattle, um, which obviously worked out a lot better for him. So maybe he was he was might have wound up being happy about that. Now the A's big news of today, I'm kind of like late and late and getting to that, um, is that they have. Made Made uh, some contact with uh, the agent for DJ LeMahieu, who you've seen a lot. I've only seen a, a little bit during, mostly during spring training, uh, but a very nice player, a very good defensive second baseman, who's a two-time All-Star, uh, as a potential replacement for Jed Lowry if they can't get done, something done for J- with Jed Lowry. I think he'd be willing to take maybe a, a year less in a contract. He's younger; he's just turned 30, and um, he might be willing to take a little less money. So the A's might wind up with a cheaper, younger player with a little bit less of a time commitment. And I actually think if they could pull that off, that might not be a bad way to go. That would then open them up to be able to trade Franklin Barreto, or as David Forrest mentioned in our group today, uh, they could move uh, Barreto to the outfield where he has played during um, uh, winter ball. So uh, a lot of interesting options for the A's if they went that route with DJ, DJ LeMay. And LeMayhew, LeMayhew really is a great defensive player. I mean, he has won gold gloves. Um, and and you watch him. And the, the, the thing about Colorado infield, it's it's like it's like Arizona's infield, and, and maybe some in the American League that you would know better. But it, the infield is just hard, it's fast, it's hard as a rock, and he makes it look easy. Now the one thing I would caution um, A's fans about, uh, or maybe even caution the A's about, is that he does not have the greatest non-course field splits, and right. he would be going from one of the best hitters parks or the best hitters park in baseball to to one of the worst. But I, I really like. LeMayhew. Um, interesting at second base from the Giants' perspective. Uh, they su- It was kind of a mild surprise, but they um, tendered at Joe Panic a contract and, and then even signed him uh, on the non-tender date uh, for almost no raise at all. Now, he's coming off an injury-plague season, but um, as Farhan just said tonight, everything and everybody is on the table. I would assume Posey is not, but um, it's my understanding that uh, both of the key guys uh, that the Giants uh, signed on the tender date, Joe Panic and reliever Sam Dyson, could still be moved in a, in a trade um, if they can fill another need or uh, maybe trade a left-hander for a right-hander at second base, uh, depending on how they want to build the team. So even though the A's... Uh, clearly have a bigger story here in terms of second base with the possibility that they might move along from Jed Lowry to somebody else, possibly LeMahieu. 
Uh, if I were a Giants fan, I'd keep an eye on that. I, I don't think there's an ironclad guarantee that Joe Panic is going to be the opening day second baseman. Really interesting. The, the other um, bit of news that I wound up with today is um, checking in on the A's catching situation, which uh, that David Force said firmly, we are going to have to add a catcher. Now, uh, some fans, when I po- re- reported that on Twitter, took that to mean not Jonathan Lucroy. Lucroy is in the bunch of people they would be adding because he is a free agent. Um, currently, the A's catching group is just Josh Fegley, uh, Sean Murphy, who's not quite ready. He has only played three games uh, above Double A, uh, and Bo Taylor, who was up briefly in September. Great kid, but probably um, not a primary catcher. The A's are looking for a primary catcher. Jonathan Lucroy, in my mind, is still probably the front runner. The A's loved him. Bob Melvin really likes him. He did such a nice job with the pitching staff last year when the A's had a million injuries. He had to get used to a ton of different pitchers, um, really turned into a team leader for a surprising playoff team, which that counts for something. But my understanding is, even though the A's would like to bring him back and and think maybe that they've got a shot to do so, they're pretty far apart on the money. Uh, He made $6.5 million last year. They are offering him, let's say, under five uh, at this point on a one-year deal. Now, for a one-year deal, he's going to want more than that. He'd like to sign a one-year deal, reestablish his value, uh, as so many guys do. And the A's are really pretty adamant about a one-year deal for any catcher, which is going to make it tough to find one. Not if, one in an option? Not, not one in an option. He would do one year, is my understanding, yeah. talking to sources. Um, and that's to get a decent catcher on a one-year deal, they're not going to have that many options out there. Most guys are going to sign much more. I mean, there's a reason they haven't been connected with guys like Maldonado. He's looking for three or four years, I'm told. So the A's wouldn't have a shot at him. But if Lucroy wants to do a one-year deal, in my mind, he was so valuable to the A's last year, even metrics aside, poor offense aside, I'd kind of be willing to go up to what what the guy wants or close to if I'm the A's. He remember he sat out until mid March last year is when the A's got him. So he he'd be fine doing that again to get the you know he could wait for a catcher to go down and go like mm-hmm. oh look at me pay me six million to somebody. And there there is a catcher who's a free agent who may be available and uh, Giants fans aren't going we don't want to hear this because he's very popular but. Uh, Nick Hundley is in free agency. Buster Posey's back up for the last two years. And, you know, this is one of those spider sense things that I get. The more I talk to people, the less I think the Giants are committed to bringing Nick Hundley back, largely because they want uh, a catcher who can also play first base. They, right. they want versatility. Right. Now, they might bring two catchers. They might right. sign two catchers. They just signed Cameron Rupp on a minor league deal who used to be with the Phillies. And um, so... You know, I it would really be the fans really would hate it if you know if Hundley didn't come back. Now Hundley's a guy who geographically, you know, he he wants a team close to home. He lives uh, in the San Diego area, and uh, you know, so he's a guy to be considered. But you and I talked about this before. There's kind of one little flaw in the in the ointment here with with Hundley to the A's, isn't there? Yeah, he's a right-handed hitter. The A's would probably for primary catcher they would prefer a left-handed hitter. I don't think it's necessarily. You know, an absolute, you know, strike three to when it comes to a primary catcher. But uh, yeah, they'd really rather, probably be looking more for a left-handed hitting catcher. So um, TBA, I like the sound of him, though. You know, great guy. Hey, you know what? If they don't want to pony up for Lucroy, they're going to be looking. So he, he's got a shot. I know they have been. They have talked about Wilson Ramos. I know they've they've um, made some contact with the agent. I think they've probably called on just about every catcher except for maybe Maldonado at this point. I think Benito so. Sanchez. Still looking for work. Yeah. <laughs> now you and I have cooked up a trade. We, yeah. The A's, uh, 
um, need for starting pitching, the Giants might be willing to move a, a large contract guy. If they picked up a lot of money, I think I would love to see Jeff Samarja come back to the A's. Oh, my goodness. I think that would be great for both teams yeah. because, uh, you know, the Giants do need to um, move some payroll. Uh, you know, the, the problem, of course, is that Samarja uh, had this sort of mystery shoulder ailment all year. Now, I do have some news on that. Uh, Farhan told us today that uh, Jeff Samarja is starting a throwing program and feels great. Now, we heard that twice before this past season, but Samarja has changed the way he works out and the amount he worked out immediately after the season. He usually took time off. This time he didn't. He stayed in San Francisco uh, to work on the shoulder, try and strengthen it. Um, and I, I think it's a tough sell to make a trade for a player who's still owed three years at about, you know, 55 to $60 million. Hey, when if they he, picked up a big chunk of that, you know the answer. Well, I like tell that. you what, you know, send, <laughs> send over a corner outfielder and, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can you and I can make this trade happen. Yeah, I, like, I love Samarja. And I know, obviously, the coaching staff, everybody, the front office, everyone loved Samarja. So and, and he hey. loves the A's, too. And yeah. the, I believe the A's are one of the 10 teams that he can be traded to without consent. So. I, th I think we should do it. I'd get them to pick up a big chunk, Henry, and I'd love to see Samarja back. There's I'll bring it up with, one, maybe, maybe a rotation problem. I'll bring it up with Farhan tomorrow. Why don't they tomorrow? just let us do these deals? I know. It's just so easy. Yeah, it's so easy. Henry, we will uh, uh, reconvene tomorrow. Reconnoiter. Yes. Reconnoiter tomorrow for a more fascinating chat about the A's and Giants at the 2018 Winter Meetings in Las Vegas. What are you going to go do now? Play uh, blackjack? Or uh, what's your I'm going to play File My Story before the editors uh, – <laughs> hunt me down and hurt me that's sort of roulette in a yeah, way it is a roulette in a way <laughs> i got some stories to write all right we will talk to you again tomorrow giants double play is part of the san francisco chronicle podcast network audrey cooper is the editor-in-chief if you like this show we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts and if you have a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter, at Hank Schulman. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.